The title of my sermon today is Fill the Water Pots. Fill the Water Pots. And our text is taken from John chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. John chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. And I shall read in your hearing. And on the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And Jesus said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. You see, it was the third day since Jesus entered Galilee. He chose his first disciples there. Prior to this, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness tempted by the devil where his continual defense was, thus saith the Lord. John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the Jordan. John called him the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. There the proclamation from God was, as the Spirit of God descended and alighted upon him like a dove, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You see, Mary had not seen Jesus at least in a couple of months. She heard all about his baptism. John called him the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. She heard how the Spirit descended upon him like a dove and remained on him and baptized him with the Holy Spirit. God said to him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. She heard Jesus choose disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel. She heard that his appearance had changed. He looked worn, but he nobled, amen? She eagerly waited for Jesus to return to enter his ministry as Messiah, and she thought the time was right. Jesus and his disciples entered Canaan. They are called to the marriage. The, the text said, and, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to them, they have no wine. Herein lies the problem. The party, the wedding party ran out of wine, and Mary is supposed to be helping with the organization of the wedding, did not want the family of the bride and groom to be embarrassed. It would be a great tragedy, a great tragedy if something of this nature was to happen at the wedding. How many of you have gone to a wedding to find out that not everything that was supposed to be there was there? How did you feel when you left the wedding? Did you feel like it was a celebration or did you feel disappointed? You see, Mary was there and she was considering those things. But Jesus, but, but as Jesus was standing there, uh, um, um, he said to, 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 to his mother, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. 
You see, in our 21st century mindsets, this statement has been very, may seem very disrespectful. But in the first century culture, this statement was a sign of respect. Jesus' hour did not arrive until the very close of his ministry. And Jesus did not proclaim himself to be the Messiah. And because of this claim, when he did this, because of this claim, he was then crucified. Not until the night of the betrayal of Jesus did he say, my time is at hand. You see, his mother, Mary, said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. See, it's important to know, Mary directs the servants to obey whatever Jesus tells them. Get my point here, because it's going to be coming strong. It is through Mary's relationship with Jesus, the experience she has with him, that allows her the assurance, the confidence, and the faith that draws the servants to listen. The assurance, the confidence, and the faith that draws the servants to listen. You see, and there were six water pots of stone after the manner of purification of the Jews. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. Six water pots were pots for cleansing. The Jews washed their hands before and after in eating in the the pots. They also cleansed the utensils in these pots. There is one who can cleanse fully and completely. All those who come to God through him, the water from the water pot is lacking. And Jesus tells the servants simply to fill those six water pots with water. Those water pots can contain between 14 and a half to 87 gallons of wine. That's some party. There's a lot of people going to that party. It must have been somewhat of the event of the year in Canaan. Everybody is there. And Jesus is there with his first disciples. You see, the servants were obedient. The servants filled the water pots to the brim. They were the overachievers. You know what I'm saying? They drew the water out completely. They took it immediately to the governor of the feast. And see, here's where I want to linger for a while. Because there are some issues we should address before moving on. You see, one servant could have said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not listening to that woman. I don't care who she is or whom she is talking about. I don't have anything to do. I have my own things to do at this party. And does she pay my bills? Uh Uh-uh. Another servant could have said, I don't care who he is. He can fill the water pots himself. Mm-hmm. Who is he anyway, all tired and haggard? I don't have to do anything, he says. And then there's the other servant. That's water. We are putting water in the water pots. Nothing but water. We will look like the laughing stock in the wedding feast. I can see it in the headline now in the Canaan, the Canaan Gazette. Wedding party runs out of wine. Jesus says, fill the water pots with water and take it to the governor of the feast. We'll be laughed out of Canaan. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. 
I am not through, though. You see, the servants decided to form a committee. They looked into who made the water pots, what form and style were the water pots. They took measurements of the water pots. They took the height. They took the depth. They took the width. They ascertained how much the water pots could hold. Some said that there, there were not enough water pots for the wedding party. Some said there was enough. Some wanted to, to take drawings of the water pot. <laughs> Come on now. Did the maker of the water pots give tithing offerings? And what church did they attend? What school did the maker of the water pots go? Was it La Sierra water pots? Was it Oakwood watering pottery? Was it the water pot at Grand Andrews? Who were the makers of these water pots and what kind of material did they use for the water pots? How long do the water pots last? Someone wanted to know if Consumer Reports had done a study on the water pots to recommend the best one and the most affordable water pot to pick. You see, Jesus only said, fill the water pots. As modern day servants, we have our own excuses as to why we cannot fill the water pots. I can't do it. My gift is not in that area. Get someone else to do it. Jesus says, fill the water pots. I got to go to work to care for my family. Yeah, it, I know it's the Sabbath, but I got to go. I have class on Wednesday night. I can't make it to prayer meeting. Jesus says, simply fill the water pots. I'm too tired to get up and have worship and devotion in the morning. Jesus says, simply fill the water pots. I'm too tired to get to church on time. Jesus says, fill the water pots. I can't afford to give God tithe and offering. I will not be able to meet the demands of my budget. I will lose my home. My children will not be fed or clothed. Jesus says, fill the water pots. My medical bills are too high. I can never, ever find a dollar to get my hands on. I need all my money. Jesus says, fill the water pots. But Jesus, I love this man or woman. Surely you don't want me to wait until marriage. I'll lose him. Mmm, yes, mmm, Jesus says, fill the water pots. You see, we must fill the water pots. We must simply look to Jesus and believe that he is, has everything under his control. He will provide, beloved. We must trust and obey his voice. Jesus simply says, fill the water pots. Come out from among them and be separate. Shall we hear the voice of God and obey, or shall we make halfway work of the matter and try to serve God and mammon? The cares of the world or everyday life are not our concerns. Mm. I know that sounds like ouch. We have the master of the universe who is on our side. He will provide for our every need. You see, often the Christian life is beset by dangers, and duty seems hard to perform. The imagination pictures impending ruin before, the, uh, before and bondage and death behind. Yet the voice of God speaks clearly, go forward, my people. We shall obey this command. We should obey this command, even though our eyes cannot penetrate the darkness. And we feel the cold waves about our feet. The obstacles that hinder our progress will never disappear before a halting, doubting spirit. Those who defer obedience till every shadow of uncertainty disappears and there remains no risk of failure or defeat 
will never obey at all. Unbelief whispers, let us wait till the obstacles are removed and we can see our way clearly. But faith, faith courageously urges on an advance, hoping all things and believing all things. The call to the water pot to fill the water pots is the call to recognize that there are empty pots all over the place. The water pots I'm speaking of is the water pots of humanity. Each of us is a water pot. We each have the capacity to be filled. We can be filled with the cares of this life and what we think we need, be it for ourselves or the church we attend. Be in the end, it will be whom you fill yourself with. It is the love of God or the things of the world. There's no gray matter. Yet we choose not to have our water pots filled. We are filled by the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives. We can be reservoirs of hope or of despair. We should question whether we are filling the world, that is, our friends, neighbors, or co-workers, with life-giving knowledge of Christ or of our own pet issues. We can believe or not reach others until we are willing to allow the We can believe or not reach others until we are willing to allow the creations of these water pots to be filled to full capacity. They must be full to full capacity. We cannot know what that is until we are exhausted doing his work. The servant fills the water pots. They do not question where they could get the water, they simply filled the water pots. They did not seek assistance. They took up their responsibility and served, amen? Show that obedience to God's word is our only safeguard against the evils that are sweeping the world to destruction. Hmm. Parents, are we giving are giving to their children an example of e either obedience or of transgression. By their example and teaching, the eternal destinies of their households will in most cases be decided. In the future life, the children will be what their parents have made them. Jesus is asking us to fill the water pots around us, isn't he? Our children, they are our water pots to fill. Somebody had to fill our pot. I'm hoping that we're receptive to being overflowing, amen, with the water that he gives. The disciples believed because Jesus manifested his glory, changing the water into wine. Notice, they witnessed what he did for someone else, not what he did for them. So what did they witness? They simply witnessed Jesus telling the servants, to fill the water pots with water. Then they witnessed Jesus telling the servants to draw out some and take it to the master of the feast. They pulled out water, turned into wine. When did the water turn into the wine? 
in the water pots? In the cup as the servants did as Jesus told them? Was that possible? No, by our own standards, by our own minds, no. When was the last time you saw somebody turn water into wine? Mm -hmm, I see, never. How did Jesus do it? I don't know. I just think if he can create the earth and everything in it, if he can cause the Red Sea to part, if he can cause the River Jordan to part to let the Israelites go across, he can definitely turn water into wine. You see, he did not speak to the water. Come on, get this spiritual message. He didn't speak to the water. He spoke to the man. Mm -hmm. He spoke to the man. God will not do for man what he can't do for himself. That would also dwarf us spiritually. He is looking for a man to do what he can that he may make up the rest. In this way, he builds faith and trust within us to do what he asks. Fill, draw, and take. Fill, draw, and take. How do we build this faith and trust in God that leads to our ultimate obedience to God? Mary and the servants provide excellent examples. You see, Mary told the men to do whatever he says to do. The servants respected Mary enough to listen to her. She was telling them to do whatever Jesus said, what she was telling them. This lent credibility to Jesus in this situation. They listened because she listened. She listened to what the angel said to her about Jesus. They heard because she heard intently how God called Jesus the Lamb of God through John the Baptist. They obeyed because she obeyed the word of God concerning Jesus. They believed because she believed because she witnessed and experienced so many things with Jesus. You see, the most, ex the most eloquent sermon that can be preached upon the law of God and the Ten Commandments is to do them. Obedience should be a personal duty. Negligence of this duty is flagrant sin. So what caused Mary to believe in Jesus? What caused Mary to believe in Jesus? Was it not the experience she had with the angel saying, and behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Was it not the experience with Elizabeth as the baby jumped in her womb, excited the Messiah was to come? Was it not because of the experience she had with Joseph, whom the angel told, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary as your wife, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph did what the angel of the Lord said. Amen. Was it not because of the experience she had with the three wise men who found Mary with a young child and fell down and worshiped him? And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts. Was it not because of the experience she had with Joseph when the angel, told, uh, an angel of the Lord told them to arise and take the young child and his mother to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word? Was it not because of the experience when Joseph heard from the angel of the Lord, arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel? 
those who sought to kill the young child were dead. Was it not because of the report regarding the baptism of Jesus and the dove lighting on him? She believed and was obedient. The servants were obedient, and the wedding party received new wine. Fill the water pots. All true obedience comes from the heart. It is hard work with Christ. If we consent, he will so identify himself with our thoughts and our aims, so blend our hearts and minds into conformity to his will, that when obeying him, we shall be but carrying out our own impulses. The will refined and sanctified will find its highest delight in doing his service. When we know God as it is, our privilege to know him, our life will be a life of continual obedience through the appreciation of the character of Christ. Through communion with God, and sin will become hateful to us. Because of the obedience of Mary and the servants, the disciples of Jesus believed. Because of the obedience of Mary and the servants, the disciples of Jesus believed. Beloved, you must understand that the key to this whole text is found in verse 11. The key is obedience. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed on him. We must fill the water pots. Let them not languish on the side of the building waiting for use. We must stand and stand firm, for Jesus will give you all that you need. We are to stand up and to face all opposition with Jesus at our side. We cannot stand if we do are not filled with his spirit, filled to overflowing with the water of life that only Jesus can give. We must be obedient to the word of God, and God does not mix his words. For when he speaks, he says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? You see, obedience is better than sacrifice. God has asked us to obey God rather than men. You see, for thousands of years, Satan has been gaining an experience in learning how to deceive us. And to those who live in this age, he comes with almost overwhelming power. Our only safety is found in obedience to God's word, which has been given us as a sure guide and counselor. God's people today are to keep themselves distinct and separate from the world, its spirit and its influences. Obedience to God is liberty from the thraldom of sin, deliverance from human passion and impulse. Man may stand conqueror of himself, conqueror of his own inclinations, conqueror of principalities and powers and of the rulers of the darkness of this world and of spiritual wickedness in high places. The path of obedience to God is the path of virtue, health, and happiness. 
Jesus has asked you to fill the water pots. As you prepare to go out and to do evangelism, there are many pots that must be filled. Some of those pots are broken vessels. You may have to repair them before they can be filled. You may have to take some extra time before you can get them into the water. You may have to take some extra time making sure that they truly understand the word of God. Because if you baptize someone who is an empty pot, all you have is an empty pot. Jesus is not looking for empty pots. He's looking for pots that are filled to overflowing. Let Jesus use you by getting up in the morning and having prayer and devotion, by reading your Bible and asking God for an understanding of his word, by taking the time to pray with someone and to think about the needs of your church, the needs of the people in it, and the needs of those that surround it. If you don't take the time to do that, then your efforts will be fruitless. Your water pots will be empty. And until you fill your own pot, don't expect to fill someone else's. God is here to do a work and a purpose, and it is through you. And if you so choose to allow him to use you, he will take you past beyond anything that you can imagine or think. When I joined the Seventh-day Adventist Church almost some years ago, uh, um, I was uh, playing in a, a group, a Christian group, mind you. We went on tour. We did a couple things, and I went to different churches, and I saw so much. I witnessed so much, you know, be, be behind the pulpit, shall we say. I saw so much, and, and, it, and it troubled me, and it bothered me, you see, because uh, my mom and dad raised me as a, a, young, a Christian young man, and we were in the Church of God in Christ. My, my mother spent some time in, in Catholicism, and, and then uh, we, we migrated over to um, black Muslims. Hmm. Why? Because at the time when we were going to our Church of God in Christ, it, it was a white church, mind you. That's, that's kind of why I talk the way I talk. Anyway, um, um, so as, as, as we were going to this church and, and Martin was killed and, and um, we, we were troubled in our hearts because our, our white brethren didn't seem to feel the way we did. And I'm not talking about anyone in particular. I'm just talking about in general, okay, um, be, because I love the white brethren too. Um, as a matter of fact, um, they helped me get through La Sierra, Amen. Yes, yes, they did. They helped me go to um, uh, Redlands University to get a multiple subject credential. Um, they, they did all that work for me when, when, when my brothers couldn't help me. But that's okay because all the kind on a thousand hills are, it, it's my God's. And, and it doesn't matter what hand it comes from. It doesn't matter at all, just as long as the will and purpose of God gets done. So as we were in the black Muslims doing our thing, you know, learning how to defend ourselves, yes, um, they taught us how to kill. That's all right. He taught us how to kill. But, you know, we have to make the decisions whether to use it or not. Amen? You have to make the decisions. And so as God was, was using me in that, I, I learned about meat and pork 
and not eating meat and pork. I learned about educating my mind. I, I, I learned about doing what is good for me and my people. I learned that from the black Muslim brothers. I didn't learn that in my church. I learned that from the black mothers, uh, brothers. And when we came to church, when I came to church, the first day I went to church, um, it, it was a month before, after that tour, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I'd go to a church, but where do you want me to go? There's so many. Someone invited me to the Adventist church, a young lady that I met. I went to church. The first thing they gave me was a set of lessons. Mm-hmm, a set of lessons. That's what we ought to do, give a set of lessons to those who can read, to those who can take time to pray and ask God to give them understanding. That's what God did for me. Not only did I do that lesson, I did four other ones. Because I wanted to be sure that when I did a lesson, that this lesson and that lesson and that lesson and that lesson lined up to the word of God. Amen? So that's why I became an Adventist. Somebody thought I needed to have my water pot full. Somebody took the time to make sure that I got something in the water pot other than my own thoughts and thinking and feelings and realities. So when you go out to witness and to bring about the kingdom of God in the communities that you reach, remember, the water pots are empty. Jesus says the fields are white, ready to be harvested. Are you ready to harvest? Are you ready to fill the water pots? This is what Jesus is asking you. And you know, the only reason, the only way you can receive the water pots being full is by understanding this one thing. Jesus, Jesus loves you.
sometimes someone feels the need of the call to fill the water pots. If you feel the need of the call to fill your water pot, this is a call to renewal, to return to follow him. You've gone your own way and desire now to return to God. If, if this is what you're feeling and what the Holy Spirit has brought on you, then you may come forward. Someone feels the call to the water pots come forward. This is the call to commitment. The call to commitment is the call to commit to study God's word, to pray and devotion. It is the call that takes my relationship seriously with Jesus. It is the call to capital obedience in Christ. And then if there is someone Someone who has not accepted the call of Jesus to accept him as their personal savior. It is a call to join the family of God and to receive remissions of sin. It is the call to rebirth. All you do is simply raise your hand and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I have seen that I have not been what I thought I was to be. And as I look at you, I see how I fall short. I need you as my Lord and Savior and accept you now. And I will follow you wherever you may lead. I am yours. For loving me and making me a part of your family.